Hey, my name is Yolanda and welcome to Frank Factualities, the podcast. Tune in each week as I speak frankly about life experiences from my perspective and offer you a bit of unsolicited advice. Let's take a little time to laugh, to think, and to cry as we tackle some serious topics and some not so serious topics. Be sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I think I was talking and the music was still loud. I said, hey, welcome to Frank Factualities, the podcast. My name is Yolanda, your host. Thank you for joining me this week for a for another episode. Um, how's everybody? I hope all is well. I am doing just fine, just super busy, as I stated the last week. I still don't know if I'm going or coming, but I am here. Uh and because I don't know if I'm coming or going, as you can see, I'm a little disoriented. Um, there's really not in anything much to talk about with street talk. I haven't been paying attention to what's going on. I scroll, you know, and I watch the news, but I am present, but not attentive. I don't really know what's going on. I did see, though, um, what last night that they had the Met Gala. I don't really know what the Met Gala is about. I think it's literally like a um, a party fashion show. I know that they give a theme and you're supposed to dress according to what or how you feel that theme should be um, displayed via fashion. That's my take on what the Met Gala is. And so I feel like unless you're into fashion and that's your thing, then the purpose of you going to the Met Gala is like, slim to none. I don't even know what they do outside of the red carpet. Some celebrities have been like going live and showing like uh, stories inside it. I clearly can see that there's like tables and a sit down dinner. I don't know if there's like a program, you know, like an itinerary. Okay. This person is speaking, that person, mistress of ceremony, that type of shenanigans. I don't know. I know a while back, somebody talked trash about the food saying that it was very little and that it wasn't really good. So this year I saw that Usher and I want to say it was Pusha T gave Tiana Taylor a bad, uh, a hard time pretty much about her eating Chick-fil-A at the Met Gala. So that just kind of confirmed what the other people were already saying that the food isn't really that good. So again, it's really just this fluff thing and everything really ain't what it seems Um, but it's a night for all the celebrities to be out. And to me, I think it's really a night for fashion designers because that's where they get their shine. They get to put their latest creation on a celebrity or create something just for a celebrity. So everybody can say, who are you wearing? And then that person or that, um, that's that artist, uh, well, designer, I should say gets their shine. And then now other people may want to work with them. A lot of times those celebrities are wearing those gowns at no cost. Some of them are paying. I don't know. Some of the outfits are just like way out of there. Somebody had on a cat suit last night. That was a bit extra. But that's the kind of thing I like to watch whenever I got a lot going on. Like I like to just look at pictures and not have to think really hard about anything or get my pressure up about a serious situation. I hate to say that. But that was something frivolous I could just pay attention to and it not be uh, serious or, um, again, something that I had to focus on. So I don't know about you guys. I'm... 
uh, I like to look at fashion and that I like to see what people have on, say if that's cute or not, but I'm not like a fashionista. I'm also not the girl that's just like, okay, I'm aware that I have the same style for five, 10, 20 years and I'm rocking the same sweaters and you know, whatever. I you do like to switch it up. Sometimes you're just not in that mood. Like you grow, you evolve, your style changes, just like everything else about you. So I will say that I'm kind of, forever evolving when it comes to fashion. I wouldn't say that I'm trendy and that I don't really follow a lot of trends of new things that people are wearing. Maybe some things, sometimes things are just cute, but I don't typically like to buy on a trend because then that's something that you can't really wear uh, often because once that trend is done, then now you're stuck with this thing. So I like to buy a lot of classic pieces and then uh, switch them up sometimes. Again, not by far am I like the go-to person for fashion, but I don't think I'm a fuddy-dud either. So anyway, that's that. But in the in the same light of the Met Gala and things not being what they seem, the topic of this show today is life's trickery. And what does that mean? It just means that sometimes perception isn't reality. And although we know that, we tend to not really pay attention to that, especially in matters of the heart, right? So you're in love with someone and you typically think that everything is all good. And even though you know that uh, in reality, they don't make you happy, but the perception of how you guys look together or how that person looks or how people view you, or my family's together, or uh, people say that we work well, or he has a good job, he has money, you'll stay because the perception of who you all are means more to you than the reality of being in the relationship. And I feel like that really happens to a lot of people. And if you're being uh, honest emotionally, and you truly tell the good and the bad to your friends or even a therapist or whomever, then they will typically be able to see through that and say, well, I really don't sound like you that happy, but you like the idea of the person. And a lot of us get caught up in the idea of a situation. And that isn't just in a relationship. That's also in a job. You get caught up with the um, people do that in education a lot. I've heard so many people saying, oh, I'm going to get my EDD, which is a doctorate or my PhD, because the idea of someone saying doctor so-and-so is just so uh, prestigious and you get caught up in the image of it all. Okay, I am a doctor so-and-so. That doesn't mean that you are more smarter than the next person or that anybody else is less smarter than you because they didn't get their PhD or their EDD. It's just something that you felt like you needed or wanted for whatever reason. But in all actuality, I feel like the pay increase isn't that much. If you're just an intellectual and some people are, like I have a friend um, that went for her EDD, but she's always been an intellectual. She's always just been that person. And you know what I'm talking about. The people that you know off top are just smart and just bosses in their own vein. I expect for those people to do that because they should get paid what they're worth. But for those people who you can tell just probably paid for their degree, I mean, we all pay for it, but you know what I mean. Got answers from people, took papers from, you know, previous years and just kind of compiled everything they're doing it for the sake to say I have it those are the people that um 
you know, just again, aren't intellectuals and, and to each his own. I'm not knocking people who get it or not. You know, it's just not my thing. It's not for me. And I don't like to be pressured by society to do something for the sake of it looks good or, you know, it's the right move. It's not the right move for me. It's not what I want. And I don't really care what someone thinks, whether or not, oh, okay, well, I have an EDD. I'm Dr. So-and-so. She's not. I'm proud of you. Kudos, which, you know, it's accomplishment no matter what the reason you, uh, you know, the reason is that you got it. But it's just not for everyone. And I don't feel like people should be judgmental on that if you say have a principal that isn't a doctor. Um, I know, again, in education, some people frown on that. Oh, well, why is that person a principal? This person is the assistant principal and they have their doctorate. <sighs> Come on, guys. We've all, you know, not we've all, but some of us, some of us have gone to school and we know how you know, classes and things get down. You get a team of people and you guys are just working together just to get it done so that you can check off that. Right now with the way student loans are going and the iffiness on whether or not they're going to be forgiven and the thing with Biden and just in general, unless somebody's paying for me to go to school, I'm just not, I don't feel like it's worth the extra money in order to go. So it's just not something that I would do for the perception of it. And just knowing that, you know, just outside of the job and the relationship that life itself is just a multitude of, of layers of things. And if you just look at the surface of anything, you know, the common cliches like uh, don't judge a book by its cover. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Things aren't always what they seem. I, those people didn't come up with those things just out of midair. It, those things are there for a reason. And I would say that in any situation, you should take a microscope and really look deeper into it and even deeper into yourself to see what your motive or your reason is behind it. You know, a lot of people listen. Some people do get it wrong, but even a broke clock is right at least once a day, right? You get what I'm saying? So I say all that to say, sometimes, no, things aren't always what they seem. But if you investigate and you do your due diligence, you will find the truth. But you can't generally look at things from the surface. Um, and it gets a lot of people caught up at times. And when I say caught up, I just mean that you fall for lies, you fall for manipulation, you get bamboozled and hoodwinked and all these other terms that people like to say, because you're falling for this like shade of an image or perception and you're not being you know, anybody can manipulate a situation. Listen, if I were to tell you a story right now, uh, uh, we'll say like a, a sad story about things, something I went through in my life. Of course, I'm going to be the sympathetic character because I'm telling the story, but I'm sure that I am the villain in somebody else's story, but this ain't their podcast. So they, <laughs> so it usually is my story. You get what I'm saying? And so I, I myself try to typically be as upfront and honest as I can be about the story. And if I feel like there is something that I've done wrong, then I will say that. But notice what my, my words were. If I feel like I've done something wrong, you see how you need to pay attention to certain things. So if I don't feel like I've done anything wrong, I'm not going to say that. How many times are you not owning up to what it is that you've done just out of the sake of, I don't feel like it, when in act all actuality, had somebody else done that exact same thing to you that you did to somebody else, you would feel like they were shady. And to be frank, a lot of us have done people dirty and have gotten done dirty by people the exact same way or previously and thought that it was wrong, but because it was us doing it, 
you know, you did it yourself. You didn't see it as the same way. And that's what I mean with this whole life trickery. Like at the end of the day, we don't, we're not emotionally honest people. Sometimes we're not intellectually honest people. And you're going to forever be in this rut of life tricking you out of some of its most precious moments because you're just not paying attention. You're just not focusing. You're just, you're not peeling back the layers and understanding that the layers aren't always negative things. People are just beautiful creatures and we can be multiple things. I can be bad at, you know what? We're going to use R. Kelly because I talked about him in another episode and we're going to use R. Kelly because this is a really good example. Yes, R. Kelly did some very bad things. He is by far guilty and I think everybody can see that, right? Um, he has been found guilty, but even if he wasn't found guilty, the uh, court of public opinion had already deemed him guilty based on the information that we knew. But that don't mean R. Kelly is not a good musician. Okay, I mean, two things can exist. He can be a pedophile and a criminal and still be a good singer and a songwriter. Those two things can exist. And I don't like that a lot of times in life we make people choose. Well, if you feel like he's a pedophile, then you can't like the songs that he sing. I'm not promoting him being a pedophile by singing the songs. And I know some people will beg to differ because they had that whole mute R. Kelly. You know what I thought was really strange about the mute R. Kelly thing? He had an ex-wife and Drea, and she still goes by the last name Kelly, and they had children. And during the time all of this was happening, don't quote me on this because I could be telling a lie. I do not need all the R. Kelly fans coming for me or the anti-R. Kelly people coming for me because I don't even remember. But if I am honest, oh, not honest, if I can remember correctly is what I should say. Somebody was underage, one of those kids. I say all that to say I'm pretty sure he was still supporting Andrea and maybe some of the kids. And so to say that we want to cut you off just because we don't want to support you and for you to live off of this and you're this pedophile. Well, he still has kids and they didn't do anything wrong. And a lot of that music and royalty and money, I'm sure, was going to them. Yes, some of it was going to him as well. But at that time that a lot of this mute R. Kelly thing was going on, he was in jail. Yes, he was funding his lawyers. But at the end of the day, he still had miles to feed. And songs are usually connected to our memories and our feelings. And so we like the songs because it reminds us of a time period in our life that we were dealing with something, whether that was good, bad or whatever. So it's not like, again, if my dentist beats his wife and I find that out, if I'm not going to go to him because he's a good dentist and half of the time, the dentist probably does have secrets. The difference is R. Kelly's in the public light and we learn these things. You don't know what your dentist does. You don't know what your Uber driver does behind closed doors or outside of driving Uber. You don't know what your lawyer does for that matter when he's not, you know, presiding over any of your cases or defending you or whatever it is that they're doing. You don't know what the, what kind of lives these people are dealing. But again, two things can exist. I think T.I. said it good as well or said it best. Also, I'm talking real reckless, but y'all follow me. Um, like I can be a thug, I can be an intellectual, I can be a father and, you know, all these other things. We are people who can exist in other worlds. I hate when people be like, oh, I don't like for people. I remember a guy telling me, cause I was like, you know, I used to be hood. You know, I hate when people say they used to be this and, oh, I used to be like this. Well, we say that because it's refined now and no, we may not be like we were, but those things still exist in us. I know that I can be reckless 
I can talk crazy. I can do all those things, but that don't mean that I can't code switch and I don't know how to be an intellectual and I don't know how to walk the walk and talk the talk. I can be all those things. And I think that we need to allow people that space to do it. Um, But just again, don't be bamboozled by the facade of everything because that's what we do. And I'm gonna go back to love for a second because I know that that's... um, Everyone's life, for whatever reason, we live, breathe and eat the idea of companionship and love. And again, we allow that facade of it all of how other people perceive love and how people may think that you aren't as equal as someone else in a relationship. And even I tend to do that at times, you know, you subconsciously wonder why some people aren't married or some people aren't in relationships and not that it's super judgy. But it's a question in your head like, hmm, I wonder. Um, But at the end of the day, what you again, things aren't always what they seem. Maybe that person really just doesn't want to get married. And if you've ever been married, you can understand why. Not that you hate your partner, but marriage is very difficult. And I want to applaud Michelle Obama, by the way, by coming out, talking about marriage the way that she has. I always tell y'all married people don't don't tell the truth. It's some brave soul that can be honest about what they're going through with their marriage. And so far, I can only think of two people I know that's Michelle Obama right now and DJ Envy and his wife, they can be pretty transparent about some of their woes and their marriage. But for her to, you know, really be like, hey, it is not uh, y'all talking about relationship goals when y'all see this picture. And in my head, I'm thinking I was mad at him in that picture, which is what reality, you know, is what most marriage reality is. They get on our nerves most of the time. But again, the good outweighs the bad and nothing is ever perfect all the time. But that doesn't mean that you got to feel like that's goals just because you see that they took a good picture that day. 98% of that day could have been like shit. And just because that 2%, I decided to cheese and smile on that particular picture, then that all of a sudden has to be a goal. And then people just, you know, realize like, oh my God, this is what I, what I want to do. Again, we just allow society and things to just get our head wrapped up in and but live your life and do what it is that make you happy. And if not being married is is making you happy, if being single and living your best life, being able to wake up and move how you want to move is living your best life, then you do that. But the minute that you try to keep up with something, the minute you try to allow somebody else's perception to be your reality, then you will never win and you will never be happy because you're chasing something that you can never catch up with. You'll never be able to please anybody or ever be able to fit their narrative. And in that same um, in that same language, you also got to paint a clearer picture to people as well. And I don't expect for any, everybody to do that on a public platform. But like if you're talking to your friends and you're being uh, transparent about your relationship or things that you're dealing with, then make sure you tell them because people and I'm get it because I write quotes and I say all these things. But you got to take what people say and and adjusted as to how it applies to your life. It's kind of like when you're writing a essay and they always tell you, you can't copy and paste what you see. You got to paraphrase and reframe it so that it fits in what you're talking about, but you don't necessarily take the exact same thing that somebody else wrote because that's plagiarism. And nine times out of 10, that thing don't ever fit right in the paragraph anyway, because you stole it. Um, so to me, you do the same with advice and quotes and all these other sayings and even this podcast and, and everything that you take, you take what people say, you adjust it and you bend it and, and flex it so that it fits your life and it fits what you want to do 
in your life because it's never going to be exact. What I've dealt with and what I'm talking about may not fit what you're dealing with exactly, but you can take some things that I say to make it fit for you so that you don't get tricked by life, right? <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, something else when you think about, again, these whole like, you know, sayings of what people say, I just saw something that was, and I've seen it several times. They were talking about how, um, you're only you, you're in love with three people in your lifetime and the first person is your first love in this. I I don't subscribe to that. I mean, only you can say how many times you've been in love and who you truly love and all that other good stuff. What I can tell you, what I believe is that you only get your heart broken once. Everything else after that is a failed attempt at mending it. That's it. You only get it broken once. And you guys know that I'm telling the truth. Once you've got like your deepest heartbreak, like that one heartbreak that sent you over the edge, like you couldn't eat and sleep and you couldn't, you got, it took you years to get over that. If you were in a relationship after that and it broke off or someone broke your heart, it was never the same. It wasn't. It was like, because you only get your heart broken once, which means that you only had that one true heartfelt love. And I think that the reason you say, no, I can, I can be in love with multiple people. I believe that, but there's levels to it. Again, everything is layered. There's nothing that's just surface stuff. And so at the end of the day, a lot of times the person that you're meant to be with is not your true love. This person that you're just infatuated with and it's just deep down, um, you know, passion for them or whatever. No, that's usually not it. It's the person that accepts you 100% for who you are and loves you in spite of everything that they hate about you. You get what I'm saying? And that to me is something that you may not get the butterflies from, but what you will get is unconditional love, which is what we all hope for, right? So you got to look a little deeper than the surface superficial stuff and go a little deeper. Um, you know, I've had guys say, oh, you know, I don't like your mouth. You're, you know, you cuss a lot. You know, stop cussing so much. That ain't lady. Like, like, why do you cuss? And I'm sitting here like, really? Like, really? Because I say a cuss word and you just sat here and say about four or five of them. But because I'm a woman, I can't say a curse word. And now I am less attractive if you don't deem me as ladylike or somebody that's like wifey material because I'm cussing. And me and my husband was watching a show and I forgot what. Oh, I know what it was. It was um, Married at First Sight. And they were playing this card game in the car. And one of the questions that she asked or the card asked was, what imperfection uh, does your partner have that you actually love about them? And he decided to answer it. He was like, I know what it is about you. And he was like, your um, your vulgarness. Um, I probably I hope I said that word right. But the fact that I can be vulgar, he likes it. I mean, I'm not vulgar all the time, but sometimes I be dropping some real serious F-bombs or whatever else. If the spirit moves me to do so, um, I don't think that that makes me again uh, is layers to me. And then he'll say sometimes when we go places like, oh, my God, you're the perfect, perfect trophy wife. And I remember one of his band parents when we were on a um, I chaperone a trip. Uh, it was this um, this white woman and she was he calls her her nickname is Paula Dean. I don't know why he calls her that, but and I didn't know like racist bad way. She just seems like that type that's like cooking and doing recipes and doing all this other stuff. But long and short, the lady said, oh, my God, that's your wife. She seems so polished. 
Now we laughed at that because, you know, you can infer what you want to about that word, but she saw, she didn't see the vulgar Yolanda. She didn't see that. She saw this prim and, you know, put together educated woman and I can be all of that. So to judge me because I decided to drop an F-bomb, if the situation calls for it, and typically it's just the two of us, or we may be around a group of friends and everybody's dropping F-bombs and everybody's cursing or I'm talking about something that I'm passionate or excited about and the cuss words start to fly. That's not the time to be like, why are you cursing so much? Like, really? I don't feel like that makes or breaks the person unless you're just super ultra religious and, you know, you don't curse. And so you don't want anybody else to curse around you. Then I can understand that. But if you dropping them bombs, leave me alone. Get over it. Right. But again, these are some things that we're talking about because again, one person sees that as like, oh my gosh, she's doing this. And then somebody else finds it very attractive and flattering and almost like a quality that you're able to do all of that. So you should be able to pull back the layers and examine things. Because frankly, the fact of the matter is life is tricky and it will throw you some curveballs. And if you're not paying attention, you'll get hit by one of them in the face too. Because we're so blinded by just other people's perception of what things are, is, should be, right? That's it. That's all I got for you guys. I don't know if that's going to help anyone. I just needed to get that off my chest. I'm pretty sure somebody can take a piece of whatever it was that I said and understand that. But until next week, guys, that is my time. Bye. (laughs)